0: Hey, DJens, I need to tell you about MyBookie.ag. They are the industry's best online sports book and casino, and boy, do they have a deal for you. Sign up now using the promo code DGEN and the fine folks at MyBookie will match you dollar for dollar up to 1,000 smackaroos. That is extra money you can bet on. NBA nhl ufc boxing and of course major league baseball because baseball is back in full swing we want you all to hit a grand slam by betting winning and getting paid with my boogie absolute sports betting degeneracy hey everybody arch here and it is thursday
1: after the daily show which can only mean one thing we're talking ufc with james and mason what's going on james
2: I'm going very well, thank you. I mean, last night we had a tremendous night of football, and then today I finally got my graduation certificate. So hopefully, you know, this is a sign of better things to come. McGregor winning this weekend and England winning the euros I think only one out of the two will happen, to be honest.
1: <laughs> Mason, how you doing? How you holding up?
3: Yeah, I'm doing great, mate, especially after last night's win. Yeah, you hung over a little bit, or are you good? No, I actually didn't drink for last night's game. I'm I'm saving it for
1: Sunday. <laughs> So you're just going to explode. You're just going to melt down on Sunday. More than likely. (laughs) Mason, I got a question for you. How good is the educational system over there in England?
3: Well, clearly, after what we've heard from James, it must be failing at the
1: minute. (laughs) That's it. James finally graduated. With honors? With honors, too?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly crazy. I mean... I think in terms of my household at home, I'm the first person and will probably be the only person to go to university because my brothers my younger brother will certainly is not interested whatsoever. So to come away and actually graduate is is just a surprising because Growing up in school, I, I had aspirations of going to university, but I was—I was, I was bit—I was pretty much a class clown at school. I was always trying to please people and try to make everyone laugh. And then, when it came to schoolwork, I just really couldn't be bothered. And I think towards college, I knuckled down a bit more, and then managed to get into university. And here we are. So I'm, I'm chuffed to bits right now. And the official ceremony is on the twenty first. So. I'm looking forward to that and on the 19th as well the rules get scrapped so we get to live our lives so hopefully on the 21st we get to go to graduation without any sort of queries about covid and all that I can just enjoy the day and spend time with my family and friends so yeah i'm thrilled to bits well
1: congratulations man it's been a long thank time thank you coming. very much sir. yeah
2: yeah <laughs> yeah three years three long years let me tell you <laughs> did,
1: did you have sex with the dean of the, the uh, school of journalism or no is that how you got with it? The who? this the, the i don't know what do you guys call it it would be the dean of the school of journalism
2: uh, well, what, what, we call it course leader. I'm guessing that's yeah, what you're right, assuming yeah. Uh, no, I can safely say that no because I think my course leader I've got is a bloke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think, I think I could be wrong. There's loads of course leaders in my, um, in journalism.
1: All right. That's enough of that. It's time for us to get to work. I hear, yeah, I hear there's, some, talk
2: about something interesting there's some,
1: there's some new fighter up and coming out of Ireland that it's got everybody's attention.
2: It's not your an O'Malley, is it? Because everyone's claiming he's Irish, <laughs> even though he's <it's> not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. No, no. Grab Maybe it, man. Know. Go.
1: Let's do it.
2: Oh, honestly, where to begin? I mean, this weekend, I've been looking at the numbers and all the, the statistics so far. I think the main event this weekend between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor could potentially be the biggest pay-per-view card in the history of combat but well in the history of mma not combat sports you, you do well to surpass all the boxing numbers but in, in particularly mma and i'm thoroughly looking forward to it because we've seen seven years ago when they first fought Connor obliterated him, even though, you know, it was, it took a while for both to get into the fight. Ultimately, McGregor clipped him and put him away. And then here we are, 2021, January, they took the rematch in Abu Dhabi, Fight Island. And Dustin Poirier came out on top. And it, it, it just, it sort of epitomizes the, the rise of Dustin Poirier. I mean... From that defeat to Conor McGregor, I think it sort of lit a bar under his belly. He decided to move up to 155, which I think is his natural weight class because going down to 145 with his shape, I mean, you look at him now. I mean, how did he ever get to 145? The bloke is huge for a lightweight. So he got on a good run, uh, fought for the title. Now here we are. I think he's personally... He is the uncrowned lightweight champion of the division because I think there's nobody better than Dustin Poirier in this lightweight division. I mean, he hasn't fought Charles Oliveira yet. and I think if he gets through this weekend, he will almost certainly or definitely be fighting for the title next. And I presume it'll be by the end of the year. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to whoever faces the title shot next. And this weekend, when you break it down, Poirier has won six of his last seven fights. Obviously, as I alluded to earlier, he's coming off of that win over McGregor. And there's just so many keys to victory for Poria in this one. He's built himself up to be one of the top strikers in the division. Uh, as he lands, those violent h- hooks with uh, one-punch knockout potential. And he likes to mix in with those leg kicks as well, which we saw pay dividends in the last fight. He's extremely polished on the feet with a big boxing background. And he's a very tricky southpaw stance because obviously he started off as a boxer and now here we are. He's a black belt on BJJ. But he, he's got a couple of um, submissions under his belt, but he doesn't tend to go for the the submission. You know, if he can get it, he'll obviously go for it. But he's not. that's not his game plan. You know, he's, his game plan is not to go out there and submit someone. It's always out there to trade and bang on their feet. So I think we'll predominantly see a stand-up battle this weekend with McGregor. Obviously, he's split his last six fights and he's coming off that loss to Poirier. He's one of the toughest fighters in the sport, you know, as he has a tough chin and he has that relentless striking game that allows him to trade and stand with no issue. (laughs) I think the problem is in his last fight, it, it looked like he was preparing for Manny Pacquiao because we saw going into the fight he just had that boxing stance and it just wasn't mcgregor whatsoever and i know i'm a mcgregor fan so it's biased and i'm throwing out all of these excuses to sort of come to mcgregor's defense but you can tell he wasn't himself and from the looks of it i think he's ditched those um the boxing partners he's had at at the Crumlin gym i saw a recent picture with his team they've gone so he's resorted and reverted back to those traditional mixed martial arts ways and i'm thoroughly i'm all for it and this week is reminiscent of uh, Nate Diaz too, because there's so much on the line for Conor McGregor. I mean, it, it takes some real cojones to get back in there with Dustin Poirier. And if he doesn't get the job done this weekend, Conor McGregor, that could be it for him. There's literally no other fighter out there for him apart from Nate Diaz that sort of appeases the appetite of MMA fans because there's there's so much risk. You know, you stick him in with Tony Ferguson, that's a risk as well. So he has to get the job done this weekend. He's an athletic fighter who can be very dangerous with those kicks. And he does a good, you know, he does an above-average job of defending takedowns. And obviously, he's not comfortable on the canvas as you would like, but he can defend. And, you know, on the feet, he's just exceptional. I mean, that distant management is just second to none. I think the key to McGregor, the key to victory for McGregor this weekend is to try and get Poirier backed up against the fence and on the back foot because if he's playing into Poirier's hands, that's when he'll shine. And I think he's got 10 minutes to knock him out, McGregor, so I think he's got to back Poirier up against the fence early, mixing those leg kicks and just just counter him. I think he's got to be very cautious in his approach and from a betting standpoint, obviously Poirier is a safer bet here as he just looks sharper at this point and was in control of the last bout. However, I do say he was in control of the last bout and McGregor didn't look great. Poirier, you know, did get um hit on a couple of times, and every time you watch Dustin Poirier, he gets hit. You know, there's there's no secret and eventually he will get put away if McGregor can land those soft sweet spots. So we'll have to wait and see what what he's at. But as I said, the safe bet safe bet here is Dustin Poirier. As a McGregor fan, this is the bias. I'm going for Conor McGregor in the second round. I just think it depends where he's at. I'm, I'm sick and tired of people hearing, oh, this is the best Conor McGregor we've ever seen. Well, we need to improve it. But I genuinely think he's made the correct adjustments. And if he has done that, I think he's the better fighter on his day. So Conor McGregor via a 2nd man for me.
1: Mm. Mason, what about you?
3: Well, I was speaking to James about it earlier on the podcast and I was saying we've heard for the past four or five camps off Conor's team that this has been the best camp of his life. And they keep saying that. And then after the stories always are, oh, it was a half camp, they didn't train as much as they should have, but if this really is the best camp of his life, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't get the win, but I don't I don't think there's going to be a finish in this one, I think both guys are going to be too cautious, I think they're going to go for it, but I don't think they're going to finish each other, and I think, I think like James said, if Connor's going to knock him out, it's, it's got to be the first 10, 10 minutes or something, in mm-hmm. around that time frame, but, I think I do see it going the full 25, and it's probably me being a biased fan, but I'm going for a Conor a decision on this one.
1: Conor by decision. All right. So Conor's plus 115. He opened as a pretty nice favorite, you know, minus 150, minus 140, and now he's plus 115. Poirier, you know, obviously foot flopped. He was the dog at, at open. Now he's the favorite in the fight. Yeah, I might be so. Yeah, I think Dustin Poirier is the bet here. I'm going to bet Dustin Poirier to win minus the 130. I'm I'm not overly concerned about laying that for Poirier to mm. win.
0: Gun <laughs> to my head, I'd say
1: TKO and let's say TKO in the second. I want to talk about mm. I want to talk about the rumors too. We got our bets in. You guys are mm-hmm. going to lose that one. I've I've got the win. Uh, <laughs> but did you see the uh, the picture that kickstarted all the the staff infection rumors? yeah i, I mean i'll put it up on screen so you can see it maybe i'll make it a little bit bigger See, so we yeah let's zoom in a little i ah, can't really zoom in but there's that little weird like boil or something or <clears> wound <throat> on his elbow i don't know if you can see that but that started the rumors that connor's having a st- he has a staph infection and that's that's not gonna be good for business what do you make no, of that? no no no
2: i mean you look at the sean and Mally versus louis smoker fight louis smoker pulled out because he had a staph infection now if it was a A serious bad staff infection, then I think McGregor might have pulled out by now. And I think you know if he's confident in himself that you know it's fine, he's willing to continue and give it a hundred and ten percent. Then, then so be it. I believe him. So we'll have to see come fight night. But say if he does lose, you know he's very humble in victory or defeat. He may come back to the staff for the alleged staff infection and inverted commas, and then Mm -hmm. say he'll blame it on that. But it is concerning. But I think it was if it was that serious, probably would have pulled out by now. But That's just not in McGregor's game to pull out of a fight. So we'll have to wait and see come fight night.
1: Yeah, Mason, you got any feel for that? Uh, James pretty much said
3: everything. I had the same thoughts as James on that one. I guess we'll just have to see come fight night if it
1: affects him or not. Success for an athlete, somebody once said, and I think this is perfect for McGregor, is talent minus distraction. Hmm. And I think that fits McGregor to a (laughs) T. Very talented, but he does have a tendency to get distracted.
2: What? Well, yeah. And I mean, I mean, wouldn't you, if you've got all that money, all those businesses that, you know, you can be very easily distracted. And that's probably why we haven't seen him as frequently and as often as we wanted to, right. because he's got all those businesses. He doesn't need to fight again, but yeah. you've got to give him his character some sort of credit because he's, he's willing to go out there on a daily basis yeah. and put in that graft again. And here we are in yeah. that trilogy. You know, he could have rode off into the sunset, not fought again. And spare the humiliation, but he's here again. Gotta give him his respect.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And UFC maybe more than almost maybe boxing, you know. But it you really got to work. <laughs> the the oh, training 100%. is just insane. It's just insane. Hundred percent.
2: Yeah, you see the videos of the fight counts. It's ridiculous yeah. what they go through.
1: It is. I, I don't know why any sane person would do it. Period. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving no. on. Let's let's get let's get the rest of these fights in. James, what what's up next for you?
2: I've got the co-main event between Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson, and I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. I think it really is a tough one to call on paper because you've you've seen recent uh, Leon Edwards' recent performance against Nate Diaz, and there's talk of him getting a title shot. There's talk of Kobe Covington getting a fight uh, title shot, and you've got Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson also in contention for a title shot. So the work-weight division is looking very interesting right now, and. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. You look at Gilbert Burns has won 10 out of his last 14 fights. He's coming off of that loss to Kamara Usman, I think. Obviously, he rocked him in the first. I think if Burns composed himself a bit more, then maybe he would have got the job done. But I don't see anyone beating Kamaru Usman any soon. When you look at Gilbert, he's got a decorated uh, grappling background with plenty of experience in wrestling. He's a second degree uh, black belt on BJJ and he's very quick and slick to, to find the submission once he gets a hold of you. And and once he gets to you to the canvas and I'm thoroughly looking forward to the return of Gilbert Burns, this one because he has that sort of come forward type style and he doesn't look as uncomfortable standing up as, you know, guys with his background do because you look at BJJ guys, they're very sort of one-sided and they sort of tend towards their grappling because it's their bread and butter. Whereas with Gilbert Burns, you know, he's he's comfortable on his feet. He's got a couple of nice knockdowns and knockouts under his belt. But, I think the play here for this weekend is to try and get the fight to the floor because Stephen Thompson is a highly decorated uh, striker and he's coming off of that win over uh, Jeff Neal in December. And I'm a big fan of Stephen Thompson. I mean, he's just such a well-conditioned striker. He's very polished defensively. He'll burst forward when he knows the shots are there. He won't be on the the back foot as much as he'd like. And he's, he's only been finished once in his career. He's got a deep kickboxing background and... He just tends to follow those shots up. Well, those kicks up with some nice clean shots to the head that often turn the fight. He's also a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu himself, but we never really see that come into fruition. You know, we tend to see his uh, striking and karate stance pay dividends and come up clutch. And I can see why Thompson's the, I think, uh, throughout the week I've seen Thompson being the favourite and I can see why he's just more of a sen- uh, fundamentally sound fighter he's got the longer reach he's got a really good takedown defence to counter Burns so it would be tough for Gilbert to take him down but if Gilbert can get him to the floor and frustrate him for 15 minutes then maybe Gilbert will get the decision but I personally think there's a good value in Stephen Thompson here so I'm going to go for Thompson by decision Mason
1: what about you?
3: Yeah I'm really looking forward to this one I, I think if if it can stay on the feet and Stephen can win the striking exchanges and keep him at range, I don't see why he can't get the win, but if it goes to so the I've got no doubt that Gilbert Burns will get the win, but I do see it going the full 15 and I do see Stephen Thompson being able to control the striking exchanges and keep the distance and the range and ha- have the fight how he wants it and- for that reason, I'm going to go for a Stephen Thompson decision as well.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, I like the decision here, too. That's the way I'm leaning for Stephen Thompson. But I think even at the minus 153, I think you can bet that. I I, I think you're okay. I think you can lay that much money because I do think Stephen Thompson's going to win the fight. And, yeah, I I, 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 mean, I, look at his takedown defense. I'm not that worried about Gilbert Burns taking him, taking him down. So, Stephen Thompson, that's the play.
0: Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. up-to-the-minute odds free bets and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on the best part about my bookie you can bet on anything anytime anywhere use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today
1: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love
2: for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Mason, what have you got up next?
3: Well, next up for me, I've got Taito Ivasa versus Greg Hardy Apart from the two fights we've just spoke about, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Just because, as everyone knows, I love watching the heavyweight guys fight, and it, this is one where I, I just think it could it could end in a knockout any second. Just the power that these guys possess. Obviously, Greg Greg Hardy come over from the NFL, I believe, and he's he's coming. He's done he's done well to be fair. I've seen a lot of people slate him, but to come to a brand new sport and be successful as such in it so far. You can't really say anything bad about Greg Hardy, but tied to Ivasa, he's a different animal. Since being re-signed to fight Stefan Struve back in January, I believe, I think he, he's, he's just another animal now. I think whoever lands first is going to win the fight, and I think it's going to be done in the first round. And Like I've just said, whoever lands first is going to get it done, but I'm going to say tied to Ivasa via first round knockout.
1: All right. James, what about you? Yeah, I'm in total agreement here.
2: I think this is going to be an absolute, this has got all the ingredients of becoming a, a being a sensational bout because two heavyweights uh, who are there to knock out and just sort of swing for the bleachers. I'm all for it to be honest. I love seeing these sort of heavyweight scraps who just want to knock the living daylights out of each other. With Tai ivasa he's he's um, coming off a back-to-back KO victories I think we last saw him in March over with that sensational win over Harry Hunzaka. so it'll be interesting to see where he's at because coming to the UFC I believe he was undefeated and everyone was talking about how he'd be the next big heavyweight and as soon as he started to face the top contenders he sort of he sort of just sort of lost out of place in a way and I think now he's just sort of sort of reviving his career and working back up the rankings and with Taito Ivasa, you look at him, he's a big, 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 big heavyweight and he's very athletic for a, for his, for a guy of his size. It's just ridiculous. He's a very powerful striker with heavy hands and violent elbows and he'll do a lot of damage in the clinch. He tends to throw in a leg kick every now and then and he closes the distance very well. And as I said, he's very effective in the clinch. He's produced so many high-level like, knockouts. I think 10 out of his 11 professional career wins have come via a formal knockout. So there's no secret with two too tight us inside the octagon. Whereas with Greg Hardy... I don't know. He's coming off of that uh, loss uh, a couple of months ago against Marcin Tibera, I believe, at the top of my head. So, again, with Greg Hardy, it's a tough one. Obviously, he's an impressive athlete. And there's a clear power in those hands that gives him the punch, punches chance against anybody. And he's made strides since turning pro. I think it was like two, three years ago. He's gotten his conditioning up since uh, when he first started because I believe so many people were, were complaining about how he just didn't have the conditioning to sort of last the 415 or potentially the 425. So I think from then on in, he's become more versatile with his striking. He tends to mix in those knees and kicks well with those strong, heavy overhands. And he's still got to improve in the clinch and show some sort of ground game if it ever gets taken down there this weekend. I think the clinch work of ty 2 is going to pay dividends this weekend. I think it's going to be very tough for Greg Hardy, especially in the clinch. And maybe if they come out of the clinch, I think Tide 2 Reverse will be there to counter and land an absolute bomb. So I'm probably going to go for a Tide 2 by 5 round uh, knockout.
1: Knockout, gotcha. Gotcha, In. Ah man. You know, I think all the value personally for me is on Greg Hardy. He's plus 116. So he's not that big of an underdog. This looks to be a pretty close fight. I'm just looking at the stats here. It looks like Greg Hardy's got the height. He's got the reach. Uh, You know, he's a little bit older. Maybe that's a concern. I don't know. But I mean, these guys are mirror images of each other. When you look at their accuracy, when you look at how many strikes they absorb, this is just like, (laughs) it's going to like shadow boxing here. It's really interesting. I do think the value is on Greg Hardy. So for me, I'm going to bet Greg Hardy plus the 116 eh, probably wins by TKO. Because these guys don't go deep. Neither one of them. No. And, you know, Ty Tuavasa is on a two-game or two-fight winning streak. But one of those against was against uh, Struve, the human, <laughs> the human punching bag. So uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. All right. James, what have you got up next? Uh,
2: the next fight I believe I've got is Sean Mavis, Chris here and i'm just blessed that we've still got sugar sean o'malley on the the fight card because i'm a i'm a huge fan of sean o'malley and originally it was supposed to be him versus louis smoker and unfortunately smoker pulled out and on 10 days notice chris martino stepped in and to step in against sean o'malley uh, on 10 days notice all i've got to say to chris is it's your funeral mate because you will probably get torn apart Every time Sean O'Malley steps into the octagon, he just is so unpredictable. He's just unbelievable. He produces so many highlight reel knockouts. And for a bantamweight, he's just such a lengthy athlete with a great kickboxing background. He's unpredictable. And he'll throw anything at any moment and has some of the cleanest boxing in the division. And with his creativity, length, power, I think few are going to be able to stand up and trade with O'Malley and actually succeed. He's got a purple belt on jiu-jitsu and he's got a deep background in grappling. So he's far from a one trip pony as you call, um, as some people call it. And at 26 years of age, I think O'Malley has become probably one of the most watched fighter fighters in the UFC today, really. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to him. Whereas Chris Moutinho, obviously not, not many people know a lot about him because he's, he'll be making his UFC debut and, Obviously, was, he was a bit uh, underwhelming in other promotions. I think his last fight was in the cage free championships. And as I said, he'll be making his debut here. He, he's coming off of that win over Andrew Salas back in May. But again, this is the UFC. It's a different kettle of fish. So I'll be interested to see what Martino's head is at. And I think when you look at his skill set, you know, he's no K striker, but I think he lacks the ability to to have those like legit back pops in the, in his hands and has questionable hand speed. So I think if O'Malley lands clean, he will knock him out because matinho also lacks a head movement and just has such a weird stance. I can just get chewed up by any good striker. So I think matinho's best work probably appears to be in the clinch really or on the canvas and his gas tank has sort of allowed him to go the decision. But I think if O'Malley that's fresh on early, he will get the job done in convincing stash and so fashion. So I'm going to go for a no-mally by first round TKO.
3: What about you, Mason? Yeah, I totally agree. I just don't know enough about Chris to be able to give too much of an opinion. And I think with it being 10 days notice, no matter who it would have been, whether it would have been Tim Elliott, Ricky Simone, just a couple of guys that were throwing their name into the hat, I would say the same result because preparing for someone like Sean O'Malley with just 10 days to prepare you should you shouldn't do that, and I think i sure, but I think uh, Sean O'Malley will get the first round knockout.
1: Oh yeah, got gotcha. you in, man. It's a um, Sean O'Malley's minus nine hundred change, <coughs> minus nine oh eight. Yeah, it's, it's it looks to be an absolute bloodbath massacre. A little too chalky for me to bet on. So I mean, he is going to win. Sean O'Malley is going to win a TKO for Sean O'Malley is minus minus two seventy five. So that's a little bit more. That's a little bit more palpable there, so yeah, maybe that, and maybe Sean O'Malley to win in the first round. And you know, it's minus one thirty-eight, so maybe maybe you want to look there because there's not a lot of value. I'm betting minus nine hundred. <laughs> All right, Mason, what have you got for me?
3: Uh, I've got Michelle Pereira and Nico Price, and I will tell you what, this is the one on the prelims that I'm really looking forward to, just because both guys are really unpredictable in the cage. It wouldn't surprise me if we see some sort of backflip or anything up. Pereira in, in that cage comes Saturday night and I think it's it's I, I predict that this to be fight, one of if not the fight of the night just because of the just because we can expect expect the unexpected pretty much from both guys and I, I don't know who's going to win I think it's going to be very close or it's either going to it's either going to be very close or someone's just going to run away with it I don't think it's going to be too one-sided. If it's one-sided, it's going to be fully one-sided. But I'm saying Michelle Pereira via decision just because I think he's going to be able to confuse Nico Price a bit with what he does in the cage and bring out the unexpected just so Nico Price doesn't know how to handle it just as much. I'm sure he's been preparing for him, but I think Michelle Pereira is going to bring out something new at the weekend and get
1: the decision win. All right. James, you on this one? Yeah, this this is a
2: very good fight on paper. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this prelim bout. I think when he made his UFC debut, Michel Pereira sort of struggled to maintain some form of momentum and dropping a couple of decisions and getting disqualified against Diego Sanchez. So to come back against Nico Price after a recent you know good performance or so, it'll be interesting to see where he's at because Nico Price is no walkover. Although I do think Michel Pereira will win this weekend, I just think he's hes very quick on his feet. He refuses to stay in the pocket. And I just think as long as he's got the composure, he's got the necessary tools to sort of neutralize and punish Nico Price's sort of free swinging offense. Cause I think with Nico Price, he does get a bit sluggish at times. He sort of, sort of tends to throw for the bleachers. And even if he does try and turn it into a, an absolute stub whereby he's just constantly landing blows. It won't put Michel Pereira away because he's got such a good chin. And I just think in the end, Michel Pereira will use that speed and that technique and the striking game to his advantage and probably manage to put him away. So I'm going to go for Pereira via second round, take care in this one. Mm.
1: Are you going to bet this one? you just going to lean it Yeah, yeah, on. I'll
2: bet this one. Oh, nice. I like
1: I'm not really on this one. This looks to be too close to call, if you ask me. I mean, uh, Pereira is minus 158 and Price is plus 137. So Pereira is the favorite. But uh, yeah, man, it's a little too tight for me. So I'm just going to, I'll lean Pereira here in this one, but I don't want a piece of it. All right, James, do you have any other fights? I think that's all for me. It's on my ad. Okay. Mason, what about and you? I'm sure
2: you've got a fair few.
1: I got a couple. That, that, that
3: was it for me, Arch.
1: No one's going with the Irene Aladana <sighs> fight? No. Okay. So let's see what I've got here then. I want to look at Drissus Dupless versus Trevin Giles. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't think uh, it's going to be Trevor Giles tonight. He's minus 100 and Duplessis is minus 114. Very close fight, but I like the way the line's shifting. I do think I have to give Duplessis the nod, so I'm going to bet Duplessis minus 114 to take care of business. Anybody? M- James?
2: Y- yeah, I think Duplessis will win by decision. I just think Duplessis will win those striking exchanges and they'll be able to to bust up Trevin Giles' leg and just sort of, you know take control of proceedings i think he will be cautious in this approach to Plessis, so i think he'll definitely want to get the job done this weekend so i'm i'm going i'm betting the De decision on this one
3: all right i i'd personally bet duplexes via a third round tko on this one mm,
1: okay you guys b- both agree with me wow i'm i'm shocked <laughs> 1st yeah. Don't, Don't get used to it. All right, another one I want to look at is Brad Tavares versus Omar Akhmadov. I think oh, Amari. Oh, excuse me, Omar is a bit of an underdog, plus one forty three. But I think he's got a shot. I think looking at these stats, looking at the line, I I really think Amari's got a real chance to win this one. So I'm going to jump on him, plus one forty three to win the fight. James, let's do it. Two for two.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm in agreement here. Really? Yeah, I think a medal will win this one. Um. Well, you did go for Akhmedov at Akhmanov. I'm just stoned out then. Did you go for Akhmanov by decision?
1: Uh, you know, I'll lean decision, yeah. But yeah, yeah sorry, I mean, I He's, he's got all the values. He's a plus 143 fighter, so you don't even have to pick a side necessarily. He, he,
2: yeah. I, I mean, when you look at Brad Tavares, I think he's the sort of fighter that Tavares tends to thrive against when it comes to Ahmedov and his style but I think it will be a tough one when you look at Savarez his rock solid takedown defence and his strong striking fundamentals will allow him to shut Ahmedov's grinding attack and pick him apart on the feet down um, I don't know I tend to over uh, I'm sorry over I tend to underestimate Ahmedov. I just think over the last couple of performances he hasn't done well but I think he will I think oh I don't know. I think Tavares, like I said, will do well in terms of his cardio, He'll last the four fifteen. I just think Ahmedo's pressure on the mat will just be relentless. I think he will be able to take him down to the floor and eventually try and not get the decision, um, not get a submission, but ultimately outpoint him. So I'm gonna go for a And Ahmedov via decision, I just think on the feet, it will be tough because Tavares will chop away with those kicks and will look to counter at all costs. But I think if the fight goes to the floor, I think uh, Ahmedov has
1: got this one in the bag. All right. Mason, you jumping on board? Um, I can't say
3: I'm going to agree with you guys here. I've got got Tavares via decision. I think the leg kicks and his counter punches are going to be able to get him the decision win on this one.
1: So you're betting this one? Yeah, I'll bet All right. decision. All right. All right uh, two more fights I want to look at. Uh, next one is Jerome Riviera versus Z- 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 Hogless. I don't know. Double Z. We'll call him Double Z. Double Z, <laughs> double Z for the British people. Uh, I think Jer- Jerome Riviera is a really big underdog. Plus 268. I think there's enough chance. I think he's got a, enough of a chance to warrant a bet at plus, plus 268 to take down Double Z here. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bet Jerome. Uh, I mean, <laughs> when you look
2: at both men, they're on a terrible run of form. I think Jerome is on a three-fight losing streak, whereas well, Zaglas is on a two-fight losing streak. And to be fair, those two defeats for Zaglas were tough, but I, I don't know. I'm probably going to lean towards Zaglas on this one. I, I'm not overly fond of this fight. I think... Rivera's only potential to sort of get the job done is to try and get on top control and dominate for the full 15 minutes. But I think with zuglov's overall skill set, I think he'll have enough to get the job done. I'm going for a, a Zaglas Fire first round TKO. Why not?
1: Ooh, you're going to bet that one. Yep. All right. Mason, come on. There's some value here. You're the wild man. Uh, don't do
3: this to me. <laughs> the bet i'll I'll bet jerome rivera a decision but i'll i um, I think it will be zaglas getting the win but i'll bet jerome for a decision
1: i just don't see zaglas being that much uh you know that better of a fighter that he warrants <gasps> a minus 335 line mm-hmm. is he that is yeah. he really that I mean, much it, better
2: it is it, it, concerning that he's that big of a favor going into this i will give you that
1: and something smells something's off so i wanted to just <laughs> it's a lottery ticket i know but, you know, I, I won the championship fight, so I, I've got a little bit of money to play with. You know, so, <laughs> All right, one more fight. Uh, Alan Emedowski versus yep. Hu Yazong. Yeah. Uh, who? Who's going to win the fight? I feel hey,
2: I like. see what you did there. Comedy no routine. pun intended. Yeah, That's right. just poor. I'm just going to sit back and uh, let that sink in for a sec. <laughs> but
1: uh, bet Nam, I'm so betting cool. I'm who. He's, who is plus 115. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> We've we got to stop these <laughs> Um I don't know. I mean, th- th- I think this has got all the ingredients for an absolute domination on Alan's part. I just mm. you look at whose record he's three and two and he began his career as a heavyweight and he's dropped back down now to middleweight, I believe at the top of my head. So I don't know. I'm I'm probably leaning towards Alan Amadovsky on this one because he's probably got that, the the better names under his belt and he's got, he's more experience, and he's managed to sort of come away with some impressive wins. And like I said, I'm probably going to bet towards Amadowski on this one, but I, I genuinely don't know. I think Yazong's striking defense has looked poor over the last couple of fights. And admittedly, Yazong is still only 26, uh, 26 sorry, fights under Tiger Muay Thai, I believe. So they've got potential to improve him as a striker and as a wrestler. But I think going forward in this fight, in particular, I think Amadovsky knocks him out by a first round TKO. All
1: right, you're betting that one. Mm-hmm. All right, Mason, come on. I'm giving you all these value shots. and You're not taking them. I
3: can't on this one. I've got to go with with Alan and getting the second round TKO just because I don't see how Yuzong's going to be able to have a good fight with Alan, especially with Yuzong being out since 2018 as well. I'm not the biggest believer in ring rust, but that that is a pretty hefty layoff, and I'm going Alan's second round TKO arch. Sorry to disappoint.
1: (sighs) Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. It's been fun (laughs) to see. We disagreed on a few fights here. One, two, three, right? Four. Four fights we disagreed on. Holy cow. <laughs> Somebody's making some money this weekend. I wonder who it will be.
2: <laughs> we'll have to wait and see.
1: All right. James, you're an educated man now. Why don't you give us some final thoughts?
2: Final thoughts on what the, this weekend's card yeah, whatever, in general? Whatever.
1: Or... We're wrapping the show up.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, this weekend, like I said, has got all the ingredients to become or to be one of the biggest events in MMA history. So I think... If that doesn't motivate you to to purchase a pay per view or watch the fight. Then I don't know what will, because there's a lot at stake on the line for McGregor and for Dustin Poirier. There's a chance to fight for the title next. So I think you've you've got to tune in. And I think with regards to the rest of the card, there's some solid fights on there, some very entertaining main card, and even a couple of uh, prelim fights that have gone under the radar. So I know for a lot of these Americans they tend to complain with regards to the pay-per-view buys and how much it costs and all that but you're 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 getting your money's worth this weekend i think because all of the fights this weekend are going to be entertaining so tune in because this will be this will be part of mma history this will go down as one of the biggest events in the history of the sport so for that reason you have to tune in all right i'm thoroughly looking forward to it all
1: right mason
3: yeah same with james make sure you buy the pay-per-view and it, it's, a, it's going to be a good weekend of sports with football coming home on the Sunday and McGregor winning on the Saturday.
1: There you go. There you go. You hinted at it. Do you want to talk about it right now real quick? Let's get it. You want to do it? England versus Italy? Yeah, I, I can do. Let's do it. Fire away. Who's going to win? England 1-0. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: I, I don't know. I don't want to get too ahead of myself just yet because we're still celebrating from last night and, I'm thoroughly impressed with the England team to be fair because I know we haven't got to that many semi-finals in our last uh, fair few years or so in the past couple of decades but when we do get to the semi-final we tend to bottle it and last night showed that this is a new team this is a new era and I mean we went 1-0 down thanks to a, a sensational free kick by the Danish player I think it was Dam's guy who's got the potential to go all the way to the top so you know hold a hand up and it was a great strike but most England teams, when they went 1-0 down in the semi-final, they would have flopped. But this team showed great character and determination to, to get the game level and go for the win. And I think from the 60th minute onwards, you could tell that the game was ours because the, the Danes started to tire a bit. They're making defensive substitutions. So you could tell they were going and playing for extra time and then playing for penalties because... Kasper Schmeichel was obviously a fantastic... He's one of the, the Premier League's best keepers in the in 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 the in the league. So he's capable of saving a penalty or two. And obviously, he'll probably be the hero if it did go to penalties. And ultimately, we didn't need penalties in the end. We got it done in extra time. I thought my heart was in my mouth when Harry Kane's penalty was saved. Obviously, he tucked away the rebound because if he missed it and ultimately didn't get the rebound, I thought, it's just one of those games where it's not going to happen for us. Thankfully, we're in the final and I think it was nice to see the celebration after the after the game and just to, to see the players celebrating the fans again. But I think now, obviously, this is a new day. You've got to get your head screwed on and prepare for the final because Italy are no walkover. On their day, they're a very they're an accomplished team and they're just so strong and stable at the back. Even though they've got a couple of their defenders out injured, they're still solid and Mancini's just adopted a phenomenal approach. He's like... 33 games unbeaten with Italy. So it will be tough to break him down. I think in the the key battle for me this weekend is going to be the midfield. You've got Jorginho, Barella and Marco Verratti, who have been insane this season and um, this tournament for Italy, versus Rice and Phillips, who are going to have a real tough test. And the wingers are also going to be a big factor because Spinazzola for Italy was taken off in their quarterfinal against... Um, uh, final, I can't remember who it was against, but he got taken off, injured, and he will miss the whole tournament, for the, the rest of the tournament. And that, that's a huge blow. I mean, on his day, he was probably one of the players of the tournament. So it's good to see that he's help from an England perspective. So I think Mahim Sterling and maybe Bukai Saka have got to, to, to sort of get in uh, the Emerson and their right back early, because if we can do that and break their defence, we won't have any problem whatsoever. I'm not really fearful of the, the Italians' attack. I'm not a big fan of Immobile. Kyle Walker and Luke Shaw will have a field day personally against Chiesa and Insigne, so with that being said, just because of how good the Italians are at the back, I think it will go to extra time and I, to be honest, I can see it going to penalties because it really will be tough to, to break Italy down.
1: Give me the Give me the prediction england extra time england penalties let's lock england it in. on
2: penalties mate england on penalties oh, hey, on penalties. Penalties. oh. <laughs> it, it really will be a nail bio because i hate and this is coming from a guy who despises a penalty shootout so i just i just if we win it in normal time obviously i'll be over the moon because we won a tournament against the italian tonight but they did show holes in their game on tuesday but then again last night so did we you know we were so just unorganized for the first half at the back and uh, probably sure the attorneys look to exploit that but what filled me with confidence I think Gareth Southgate and Harry Kane was just talking about how they've been preparing for Italy they know their game they know their strength and they know their weaknesses so who knows maybe football might be coming home in 90 minutes but I'm saying football will be coming home after Phoenix.
1: all right Mason wins. football coming home <laughs> after 90 minutes 1-0 1-0 oh, gotcha One want 90 minutes I like it. All right. England in 90 minutes, England in penalties. Everybody says England's going to win. So there it is. All right. James Mason, always fun. Why don't you go away guys? <laughs> Take it, mate. Take on.
0: Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations mm-hmm. under no circumstances. Will
2: the owners operators or guests of this podcast be held responsible for
0: damages related to its contents